Good morning. Good morning, South Shore. It's good to be with you today. I want to start off with prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for being present. Thank you for being God of love. I pray this morning that my words would be your words, that my heart would be a reflection of your heart as I share today, God, of why and how we can be the solution in this time. So be with us this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I haven't watched the news much lately. Um, I watched it a lot at first when this whole pandemic thing hit, and then I just kind of shut it off. And so really for the last couple of months, I haven't really been watching much news at all. But I did turn the news on Tuesday night when I heard about rioting going on in Brockton. And this is home and so close to home for, for so many of us. There's a lot of hurt going on in our community and in our country and in the world. People are hurting. They're hurting for a variety of things. And sadly, most people don't know how to process hurt and pain and how to grieve in a healthy way. Whether it's pain for the world or pain for themselves or people that they know, what we're seeing recently is pain from injustice, racism, and hatred. And this pain is turning into anger, and I think it's justified, much of it, just as Adam was praying. And so whether it's current events or something else, pain is real, and we all experience it in some form or fashion from time to time. Because we live in a broken world where people who are likely hurting make bad choices, and these bad choices always end up hurting someone else, and the cycle continues, and it goes over and over again. And this is the way, this is never the way God intended it to be. So we know there's a big problem facing our world today, and it's something that it must be addressed politically, socially, economically, systematically, but no man-made solution is going to solve the issues that we face today. So what will? And I want to focus today on the solution. I want to focus on what we can do, the solution that can truly heal our pain individually, as a community, and beyond. And the solution is Jesus. The solution is the church. The solution is us because the solution is God's love. Because before the creation of the world, God was love. And when he created the world, he was love, and he was motivated by love. And he loved his creation, and he wanted to be in relationship with his creation for us to be loved and to love him back. And he gave us free will, the ability to make decisions, the ability to give love, and the ability to withhold love to him and to one another. It's our choice. And his desire was to connect with us every day, to interact with us, to love us, and to lead us, and to teach us, and to let us enjoy his creation, to let us enjoy him and one another. And all through scripture, God is motivated by love. Even the Ten Commandments aren't just a list of do's and don'ts to constrain us and make our lives miserable. They were given to help us, to help remind us to put God first, to love him and to love each other. And then he gave us Jesus. He gave us his love, his only son, to come and die for us and to turn things around 
so that we can experience a new way of connecting with the Father, uninhibited, direct connection, direct interaction. And 2,000 years later, God is still love, and he is motivated by love. And that, my friends, is the good news. That is the story. He is the solution. And that is why the church exists. That's why I'm here. That's why you're watching today. It's the reason I'm standing here today talking with you is because God is still in the business of love. He is still in the business of changing lives. He is still in the business of turning bad and ugly into good and beautiful. He is still healing people every day from sickness and from disease, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. He is active. He's alive. He's here with me. He's there with you right now. And the answer to this hurting world, he is the answer to this hurting world, to this hurting country. He is the answer to a hurting person. And I've never been more convinced of this than right now, in this time, in this place. I can't think of a better time for the church and God's people to be the light in the world that he's called us to be. It's time. And that's what I want to talk about with you today. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to do it. So how can we be a part of the solution? How can the church be a part of the solution? Jesus, he died on the cross and he came back to life. You know the story. He came back and he spent a few weeks on earth. And just before he left, he told his disciples to go and to tell the world what they saw. He said, go, make disciples, baptize them, teach them the things I taught you. And he reminded them that he will be with them and with us to the end of the ages. And to my calculations, we haven't reached that yet. So that means he is still here. He is still with us every step of the way. But you can imagine his disciples, right, at that time, they were probably freaking out a little bit. They had saw all the miracles, all the cool stuff, but they also saw some scary stuff. They saw him get arrested. They saw him die a brutal death on the cross, and then he comes back to life, and he's there. But now what? He's leaving again? And this is what it says in Acts 1. Jesus, just before he sends, he tells them to wait for the gift my Father has promised. And we know that that gift, he's referring to the Holy Spirit. He's saying, wait for it. The fullness of my spirit can reside in each of you. It can reside in anyone who believes. And so we just spent the last four weeks talking about the Holy Spirit, who he is, what he does, why he's important, how we're filled. We learned about the assurance of our salvation that he offers, the, how he changes us, how he gives us gifts. And these are amazing things. These are life-changing things, wonderful benefits for us that are, a result, that are a result of being filled by God, his spirit and his love. And I wanna take it a step further this week, especially in the light of what's going on in our world. The Holy Spirit isn't just for our benefit. And I know many of you know this, but I wanna remind us all that God's plan always was to take what we have, him, and to share it with the world. That is the good news. And it's not meant to just be contained inside us. And let me read a couple of passages for you. First in John 4, this is Jesus. He's sitting at a well and a Samaritan woman comes to him to draw water. And Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, um, 
you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Because Jews don't associate with Samaritans. But Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him. And we'd, he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with. The well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself and his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered, he said, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And in John 7, Jesus is preaching, and he's, uh, on the last day, it says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Anyone, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit with whom, um, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Anyone who is thirsty, let him come and drink. There is no exclusion there. Both passages speak of drinking and consuming the water that Jesus gives. And the result? Springs of water, rivers of living life, uh, living water coming out of us. So I want to illustrate this for you this morning. I had a dream about two months ago. Um, and much of this talk was inspired from this dream, and hopefully it illustrates what I'm trying to communicate with you now. So we'll play the video. I was talking with a group of friends, and I had these containers, and these containers I was telling them represent human beings, represent us. They're all different, different shapes, different sizes, different functions, spoons and blenders and coffee pots. And this is who we are. There's really not much we can do, right? In regard to who we are and who God made us to be. And so we all have the ability, regardless of what we are, to carry, to carry stuff, to contain. And in this case, in this illustration, we're carrying the Holy Spirit that's represented by the water here. And so it's filling us up, filling us up to the top. And I was asking my friends, I said, what's the purpose of this? And they said, well, it's all different, different shapes. We're the body. We're the body of Christ, and we all have different functions and roles, and we all need to do our part. And I said, yes, that's, that's true. But what's the point of each container? And the point of each container is, is to contain, is to carry the presence. And as we get filled by the Holy Spirit, as we get filled by God, it overflows, just like in John 7 and John 4, as I was sharing before, it flows. And this big bucket down here is representative of the world. And as it continues to fill us up, it flows over us, and it goes into the world. And everybody gets, gets a piece of it. Everybody gets a taste of God's love. And that's our role. That's our job, is to contain the presence so that it overflows and that everyone can experience his love and his presence. And there's one other big container that's really cool that I'm going to go ahead and show you what that looks like. And it's this right here. Woo! Well, that was fun to do.
the kids were like, what, daddy, what, what are you guys doing? Elena's filming me. I said, just don't be in the deep end. And of course, they both were in the deep end uh, to the end of it. Um, so the point is of that, when we are filled with his spirit, we are filled with his love, and it naturally pours out of us, right, onto others, into the world. And it's a beautiful picture of how God designed it to be. So I want to ask you a question. I want you to ask yourself a question this morning. What's my love level these days? Am I loving well? Am I filled to overflowing? Am I putting others first? My family, my friends. I have to be honest, I was struggling this week. I had been struggling for a couple of weeks. The stress of work and family and quarantine and house projects have consumed me. I have had little patience with the kids of which I always feel guilty and here I am working on this talk this week and feeling completely overwhelmed by my circumstances. I was feeling empty. I was feeling full of junk and stress. And I know I'm loved by God. I know his spirit is in me, but I was feeling empty. And as Adam taught us last week, we need to continually be filled. We need to continually go to the source so that we can have these fresh encounters. And so on Friday morning this week, I drank from the source. Amidst the chaos of what was going on, I went and I got up early in the morning and I drank from the source. I sat in his presence in silence for about an hour. And then I worshiped. And then I talked with Jesus. I told him what was going on. And I said, get rid of this junk and fill me with your love. Fill me with your presence. And as a result, he filled me. He always does. And I think we need to do this every day. It's vital for our health and our well-being. And it's vital for the world for such a time as this. So I want to read another passage for you out of Matthew, Matthew 22. Someone asked Jesus, they said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments these are the two most important things jesus says his love coming in and his love going out it's a never-ending source the hose that never shuts off like in my illustration we will never run out of love to receive and to give when the spirit of god is the source. Let me say that again. We will never run out of the love to receive and to give when his spirit is the source. It bubbles up like a spring and it flows out like a river and it touches everyone we know. So I wanted to end my time this morning sharing a couple of stories, a few, a few ideas and stories because the love of Jesus is, can be expressed in so many ways, right? Here are a few examples. I, I could have given hundreds, but here are a few examples I've experienced and seen. In December, I was in New York City in early December for business, on a business trip. And it was a cold, rainy winter day. 
And I came up from my hotel early in the morning, and I crossed the street to Starbucks to get a coffee. And I walked in, and I saw what looked like to be a person completely hunched over like this. And this person was, this person was holding on to a cart, but her coat was fully draped over her head. And I, it just, it surprised me. I just, I was like, wow, like right when you walk into Starbucks, she was right there. And I, I walked by her and I went and I grabbed a coffee and I ordered my coffee. I ordered two coffees and I grabbed both of them and I walked over to this person and I put my hand on their back. They were hunched way over like this. I put my hand on her back, and I thought, and I think I was, as I was thinking about this story, I was, this may have been the first time this person has been touched in a long time. And I just put my hand, and I got her attention, and she, she came up like this. And she looked me in the eye, and I just said, good morning, my name's Tom. I said, I just want to give you a hot coffee. And she, she took her hand off her cart, she reached up for the coffee. She put it back. She held it like this. And she went right back down into her, into her slump. And I just said, God bless you. And I walked out. And this businesswoman that had seen it, she just said, wow, that was really cool what you just did. I said, it was the least I could do. It was one way for me to show somebody love. Love, God's love is Roxanne Pepe cleaning up in Brockton after on Wednesday morning last week, getting up early and helping to clean up. That is love doing something. Love is the Love Alliance Church, our sister church in Brockton that goes out during the week at nights and they give things to the homeless, risking personal safety in many cases to to express the love of God, to give, a, to give a gift, to give a kind gesture, to share a, a nice word, to, to learn the name of somebody. That is love. Love, and I was, as I was thinking of this, is when, I, when we took 19 people to Africa in 2010 as a, as a youth ministry, we took 19 of us, and we went to serve a community of people that we had never met. And kids in our youth group um, saved thousands of dollars to do this. And I will never forget this experience and being a part of that. I felt so privileged to do that. We were praying. They were praying. These were the teens leading this, praying for missionaries, missionaries that had groups of teenagers come in all the time. And at one night, we prayed over our missionaries. We put them in the circle, and 19 of us sat around, stood around, and we laid hands on them, and they were prophesying over them. And they were getting words of knowledge. And I tell you what, after that hour-long session, those missionaries stood up with tears in their eyes, and they're like, whoa, we've had a lot of groups here. No one's ever done that before. <laughs> it was really, really powerful. We were praying for the sick in Bongalo Hospital, which was a 10-hour drive from the coast, five hours on paved road, five hours on dirt road. We went out, and our kids prayed each room where people were in and laid hands on them and prayed for healing and we saw some amazing things they were in orphanages holding babies and kids and playing with them we were building roads it was powerful 
powerful experience. But you don't have to go to Africa to do it. You can. And it's an amazing experience. One of the things that our family has done recently is we live in this neighborhood with about 12 houses on our street. And we've been there for a couple of years, and we really hadn't met them much, you know, other than waving them when we drive by and saying hi. We decided, Elaine and my wife decided, hey, let's put some little care packages together in this quarantine. And she got, we bought, ordered from Target, cake mix and cake and icing and sprinkles and uh, notes and little encouragement, um, affirmation things that she makes, little bottles. And we packaged them in these nice packages and we put them on the wagon and the kids and us, we all went around to each house. They ran up, they put it on the, on the doorstep, they rang the doorbell and they ran off. And it was really, really cool. And people were like, wow, thanks. And you know what? Probably half of those people wrote us cards back, sent them in the mail. Um, they invited us over for pool parties. They gave our kids gifts, little kites and things to do for the summer. They, one person, we just got it the other day, um, gave us their phone number, said, hey, come, come over and visit anytime. If there's anything you need, let us know. Call us and wrote their number down. It was a, a great response so that is literally loving your neighbor, and there's so many different ways that we can do this. The world is closed, has been closed down for three months. Crazy, right? I, you know, it's like coming out of the fog, and it's beginning to open up, and people are starting to come out of their house. You likely are starting to come out of your house again. Let this be a fresh start for us. What an incredible opportunity for the church to be the light of the world, to overflow with God's love. To t- Let's take advantage of this because as we know, it's been a tough few months and it's been a tough couple of weeks with what's been going on recently. So as we re-enter the world, I encourage you and myself to engage with people like never before. Get to know them, bless them in creative ways. We are the only real hope the world has. Our loving God is not meant to be contained. He's meant to flow out of us. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for your love to fill us so that we can love well. Help us. God, in, to be the light in this dark time. I pray for us all in this room and those listening that we would be filled by your spirit to overflowing. We would experience your love and you would impress upon us each to share that love, the benefits of being called a son or daughter of Jesus is available to everyone and it is the only hope the world has. Thank you, God, for what you are going to do with us and in our community. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.